You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have an exciting episode that is all focused on the Tony Awards. So we won't be doing any, like, Broadway news. I mean, obviously, we'll be talking about the Tony Awards and everything, and that's kind of Broadway news, but there's been a lot of other news going on, Uh, some controversial news and uh, other fun things, I guess, going around. Uh, We won't be talking about that. We will literally be focusing just on the Tony Awards because there's a lot to talk about. Um, So we're just going to talk about the Tony Awards, and then, of course, our guest is going to be featured around this topic as well, um, as our guest was just nominated for his first Tony Award. Uh, for those of you who didn't haven't already fa- figured it out, uh, our guest is Jared Grimes, who currently plays Eddie Ryan in Funny Girl. Fantastic chat, fascinating stuff. Uh, he's a performer, a choreographer, a director, all the things. Um, and so he, the mindset uh, of how all of that has kind of helped him and the way that he he kind of approaches his work and everything as a dancer, it's just, it's fascinating. So definitely a great chat, definitely a great one for all you dancers out there. Um, and uh, yeah, we have some fun today and huge congrats to him and all all of the nominees who who were nominated this week uh, for a Tony Award. Very exciting. The time has come. The season is finally approaching. It is officially Tony Award season. Um, Just some great stuff. And uh, I figured I'd talk about it. So why not? So we found out that Darren Chris and Julian Huff will be hosting the pre-show from 7 to 8 and will be making appearances throughout the Tony Awards show itself. So not only will be they will they be hosting uh, the pre-show, but they'll also have an appearance as Ariana DeBose will be uh, hosting the whole awards show. Uh, and then, of course, there's going to be a bunch of other speakers. As we know, Joshua Henry and Adrian Warren announced the nominees that happened on Monday. Um, and uh, some some shockers. I- I'm going to admit, at least for me personally, there were some shockers. Um, and I know like Theater Twitter and all the fun things ha- had a nice little time talking about all of it and it was definitely trending for a bit uh so i figured i'd break it down kind of give my thoughts i'm only going to give the thoughts on uh shows that i've seen and not really make too many comments on shows that i haven't seen even though like people talk to me about it because i trying i'm trying not to form an opinion and really go and uh see it for myself and kind of uh form an opinion around that um It's not that I disagreed with any Tony nominations or Tony nominees, for that matter. Um, I just thought that uh, there were other opportunities out there that I would have been interested in uh, seeing and and, and having those and having new people get an opportunity, you know. Uh, So we're going to talk about it. Uh, As you know, 
I, I, I mean, if I go through every category of the, the Tony Awards, it's just going to be madness and it's going to, we're going to be here all day. So I'm not going to talk about everything. What I do want to talk about is uh, some of the standouts from a creative team point of view that I was kind of surprised about a bit. Um, I wanted to say that Jerry Zaks has two shows on Broadway right now. Uh, he is the a infamous director. Uh, he, he's very well known in the industry. He's done a bunch of amazing, uh, amazing projects and uh, everything he touches seems to be like gold um he currently has mrs doubtfire and music man uh on broadway right now and interestingly enough he wasn't nominated for either uh, of his works in, in those shows so he has two shows on broadway he had two uh opportunities to be nominated for best director of a musical and uh unfortunately he he was not nominated for either one little shocked by that i mean usually the directors that do have two i mean they have a they have a great shot i mean they have double the chances of getting nominated over everyone else uh as usually a director only has one show on broadway uh so very surprised and of course just who jerry zacks is i mean we we've seen in the past we've seen it this year that you know sometimes who you are does have a factor in you getting nominated or not so just very surprised there uh i have to be honest definitely a standout i haven't seen mrs doubtfire or music man uh but i've i've heard that uh that that that's definitely been uh both of those shows are, are great and i mean Music Man was was nominated for Best Revival. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire obviously was not uh, nominated for Best Show. So maybe I expected more for Music Man, uh, especially because it was nominated for Best Revival. So I was a little shocked there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, congratulations to everyone involved in the directing category. I did think that everyone in the directing category uh, was absolutely supposed to be nominated for that uh steven brackett for a strange loop marion elliott for company of course connor mcpherson for girl from the north country lucy moss and jamie armitage for six and uh christopher wielden for mj this is best direction of a musical as both doubtfire and music man are mu musicals um i am surprised of how much girl from a girl from the north country was nominated this season because i that's one of the shows that like i haven't really heard much about and uh because of that i i haven't had that high on my list to go see so uh with how well they did with the nominations i'm definitely going to have that higher uh, of a priority on my list of shows to see as i definitely want to see all of them by the way Right now, this is kind of just like a breakdown of the Tony Awards and my thoughts on all the nominations and everything. Uh, I will be picking my nominations of who I think will win uh, at a later date, definitely closer to the Tony Awards, so maybe probably the week before. Uh, just a fair warning. Just a heads up, I guess. Um, okay, moving on. I loved the fact that... Uh, okay, so there's a best choreography category. Obviously, when you think of choreography, you think of musicals, right? Because, like choreography usually goes with songs and all those things um so it's very rare for for um a play to get nominated for best choreography however this season camille a brown was nominated for for colored girls who have considered suicide slash when the rainbow is enough so fascinating to to have that and to see that i'm so excited about that i know that there were only five nominees um and there's a ton of nominees that definitely uh deserve that um 
but I was just I was thrilled to see that because it's definitely not something that we see and it's definitely something to look for um, because it's just such a unique thing that's happening uh, as they're getting nominated and I hope that they do have a fair chance because like I know the choreography in six and especially MJ you all know how I feel about those two uh, their choreography is amazing so to be in that category I really hope that there is a fair shot I don't know how fair of a shot they have considering that six and MJ obviously are so heavily in, with music and they're they have to be heavy with choreography um once again i haven't seen for colored girls so i can't really talk about on how if, if their show is heavy in choreography but uh nonetheless very exciting stuff and uh thrilled for camille as well as all of the the nominees in that category once again um i was shocked to see speaking of plays in, in getting nominated I was shocked to see that Passover wasn't uh, recognized as much as I thought. They actually got no Tony nominations, and I was shocked. And I think it's interestingly enough, um, you've seen all of the, like this month, all of these shows have been opening up, and there's been about... I want to say over like 20 shows that have opened up just this month, uh, just in the month of April. Sorry, we're in May now. But in, in the month of April, there were like 20 shows that opened up. And so... Um, a lot of that had to do with being fresh in Tony voters' minds and kind of just plugging everybody in to, to, to make them watch their show while considering these nominations. Um, and interestingly enough, Passover was, uh, we, I kind of figured out why they did that because you see a show like Passover, it kind of reopened Broadway, right? It, it reopened. Uh, it was the first show that opened Broadway back up after the pandemic. Um, I loved the play came on here, raved about it, talked about how I'd seen it before on Amazon Prime and all of the things. Uh, the acting, the performances, everything was thrilling about it. It was truly amazing. And not one thing was nominated. And it just shocked me. It just shocked me. And I thought that it was overlooked or either it was overlooked or people just forgot about it. And they were like, oh, well, I remember liking it, but I, I don't really remember enough to like vote about it. So like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, um, but it's interesting, like, moving forward to, like, look at that and to see if shows consider opening right after a Tony Award season um, or if they do it closer to the Tony season uh, to have it fresh in voters' brains because – I really think that it would, it's something that should have been nominated for at least something, uh, whether it was Best Play or whether it was for a performance, um, Best Direction, Best Scenic Design, because I thought this, the scenic design was insane. They had a whole like river on the stage. Um, it was fascinating, and I just can't believe it, it didn't get recognized for anything. But um, I'm recognizing it now, so whatever that's worth, that that's my two cents. Um, I was also shocked, and I had a huge, I actually do have a problem about this, that not one six queen got nominated for a Tony. And I, listen, I went to Twitter, and I kind of was like, what is happening? Like, why was at least not one of them nominated? Like, I absolutely thought Britt Mack and Abby Mueller were going to be nominated. And um, and, and Sam Pauly, like, all of them, for, for the reason, for the matter. Um, or, or they should have done, like, a collaborative, like, the Six Queens, you know? Like, they had to do something to have those girls be recognized because they are putting in immense work eight shows a week. Um, so... I was I was blown away and I took to Twitter and you know some of the things that I kind of bought 
I'm not buying any of it, to be honest, because I'm just devastated that they didn't. Um, Britt Mac, shout out to you because you're a uh, part of the pod fam. Um, not one queen was nominated and, and they were telling me that, you know, because there's six of them, they could have been taking votes away from each other. And that was an interesting take because I, it was definitely not something that I would have like thought about because it's an interesting show that all of them are like a main character or a featured character or a supporting role. They're all kind of this, the same, you know, one's not featured more, one's not featured less. And uh, so they were definitely eligible all for the same category. So they would have all been in the same category. Obviously they weren't all, they weren't going to be the whole category because that's just not fair. And I fully support that. So then it's like, well, who do I pick? Who do I single out? And so that's completely fair. So I guess in that sense, I buy it. However, I just think it's ridiculous that then that they then didn't come out and say, okay, well, we're going to give it to a, a collective thing, kind of like what they did for Matilda's kind of like what they did for the Billy Elliot's and uh, just say, Hey, we're going to do one collective one for the six Queens. And, I think you leave it at that. Like, honest to God, like you can't put one more nomination in there. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So I, I was really upset about it. Um, you all know how I feel about six. So maybe it's just me being biased and uh, me knowing some of the girls in there. So, but I, I just thought that it was, I, I thought it deserved to, to be in some capacity nominated for, for performances because it was nominated for everything else. I mean, it got nominated for, for best new musical. It got nominated for direction. It got nominated for the, for the uh, songs. It got nominated for everything. Every other category, there was a nomination except for performances. And I think the performances were amazing and I think that they deserve to be nominated. So anyways, I'm not going to keep talking about this because I, I may be boring you, but I just thought that that was, Nuts, nuts, honest to God. Um, shocked to also see Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick not nominated for their performances in Plaza Suite. Um, also in the same category as Sarah Jessica Parker, where it's best actress, leading actress in, in a play, uh, Deborah Messing in, in Birthday Candles. Now, I haven't seen either of the plays, but uh, everyone's raved about them. Uh, but everyone's raved about both of their performances, um, or all three of their performances for the matter. Um, so shocked to see that one as well. I definitely thought we would have seen something once again, because Matthew Broderick is Matthew Broderick. I mean, we saw Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster get nominated, like people with big names are really getting nominated this year and, and totally understanding. I mean, they totally deserve it, but I definitely thought like, you know, I mean, Billy Crystal was nominated for Mr. Saturday Night. Like, all of these big names are, are are being nominated, so it's just like, you see who who didn't get nominated, and it's like, Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker, like, you would think they're a shoo-in, you know? So, uh, and of course, Deborah Messing, even, for that matter. Um, so, shocked to see that stuff. I, I was, again, a lot of snubs, and, and a lot of it is, is because of the, this new wave of Broadway that we've been able to get that the pandemic has granted us. Um, I guess that is one positive about the pandemic is that it's just like Broadway is completely different right now. It's a ton of new work. It's a ton of new performances. It's a ton of new everything. So uh, it's, it's at a great place. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll move on. And now, lastly, I, I want to talk about shocked, shocked, shocked. That funny girls did not. Funny girl did not get nominated for best costumes. I thought for sure that uh, I loved their costumes. I thought all of their costumes were brilliant. Uh, that you know they're very time sensitive, like in, in a certain time period. And then of course you have the glamour and you have that shine and you have all of the things. 
definitely thought it, it would have been nominated. If it would have been nominated for anything, I thought it would get nominated for that. And uh, I, I came on here and talked about Funny Girl, um, talked about Beanie's performance and everything like that. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate Funny Girl. I'm in the majority. I'm, I'm in the minority that didn't hate Funny Girl. Um, y- yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's getting so much hate. It was only nominated for one thing, and that one thing was Jared Grimes for his performance in it. And that's who we have on the podcast today. Um, so just crazy because, especially too, because like, only three musicals got nominated for best revival of a musical this season. And usually all the other categories have about five, about, I would say like an average of five, um, nominees in the category. And, uh, that one has three and funny girl is the only musical eligible that did not get nominated in that category. It's kind of just like a slap in the face almost. So, Shocked to see there, and uh, I, I definitely, I definitely don't I understand all of it. But uh, I just wanted to add my two cents and talk to you a little bit about it. Um, I do want to say um, I'm so happy for for Jennifer Samard, who uh, is was nominated for her role in Company. Um, hearing she kind of was the one that kind of beat out some of the six queens, which like if that's the case, I'm okay with it. Um, anyways, I. Th- all of these ones are so well-deserved, so well-deserved. Billy Crystal, Miles Frost, Hugh Jackman, Rob McClure, Jacoel Spivey. Um, and then you have Sharon D. Clark, Carmen Cusack, Sutton Foster. Um, all of these names. I mean, like, you hear these names and you're like, wow, like, it's stacked. Uh, and you're not hearing, like, some of these newer names. I mean, Jaquel Spivey is a new name, but he's already a star with for his performance in Strange Loop. So, uh it's it's incredible to see all of this incredible stuff. Um, there was some snubs too uh, that I that I kind of saw in best play. Definitely thought birthday candles would have been nominated for something. Chicken and biscuits. POTUS definitely thought something was gonna happen there. Um, I, yeah, there was just it was a lot. I, I read a whole article about like the who the nominees who was eligible that didn't get nominated and uh you see that list and it's just another stacked list katrina lank beanie feldstein jen gambatiz all the six queens jenna gina duall for diana the musical like it's insane just and if that doesn't prove to you that this season is so uh, unbelievable so stacked so 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 brilliantly filled with talent um I don't know what what's going to show you that. So definitely a great time for Broadway. Loved, loved, loved to see that diversity in, in all the nominations. I mean, in every category, you see some sort of diversity in some sort of way. Absolutely love to see that. Proves that Broadway is moving in the correct direction. Love that we have a black queer woman hosting the Tony Awards. Um just great stuff from the Tony from the Tony committee all around uh, from nominations to to hosts to and beyond. So um, congratulations once again to everyone who was nominated and to everyone who wasn't nominated because there are so many people that weren't nominated that absolutely deserve to be nominated and deserve to be recognized for their work. And you know what they are and they will be 
in some sort of way, um, whether it's from audiences on a nightly basis, whether it's for in, a, in a different capacity for in interviews or something like that. Um, but everyone should be thrilled with uh, the return of Broadway and how it's turned out. And everyone involved is just doing such an amazing job to, to, to further Broadway and to, to continue to continue its legacy and continue to bring it success. So congratulations once again and uh thrilled 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 for for everyone involved and for everyone in this season it's just been an incredible time to go see some theater and i hope that you go get some get to see some theater um but for right now we're gonna stop talking about uh seeing theater and we're gonna start listening to to some theater talk with jared grimes tony nominee jared grimes that is so without further ado Let's turn it over to Funny Girl's Tony nominee, Jared Grimes. Jared Grimes, curtain up. So this week's guest was just nominated for his first Tony Award for his role of Eddie Ryan in the current revival of Funny Girl on Broadway. His performance has it all from his dancing to his singing and to his acting. He proves that he is one of Broadway's truest triple threats. You may also know Jared from A Soldier's Play or After Midnight on Broadway or from the screen in the comfort of your home in Netflix's Manifest. Everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Jared Grimes. Hello, what's up? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So this is such a great time to be chatting with you, Jared, as there's so many exciting things going on in your life. Um, But before we get into all of it, I like to start out by asking the people that I have on here that like, what inspired them to to get involved in telling stories and performing for an audience? Oh, man. Uh, Well, performing, uh, uh, I saw my mom, you know, performing when I was literally a baby, like she was. (laughs) She was performing and doing shows around New York City, um, around the Queens area. Um, and, you know, that, that's where I first, she's the first person I ever saw tap dancing. Wow. So, um, you know, that's when I knew. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm definitely trying to be just like my mom <laughs> when, when I grew up. So I just, I did everything she did. Um, you know, whatever she was doing, tap, hip hop, theater, jazz. Um, she was just a, a performer. She was a connoisseur of the arts. So I knew that, you know, my angle into the arts would be through movement first because mm-hmm. of my mom. And then, um, you know, she introduced me to, you know, all the classic movies like Stormy Weather and 
all the the Dick Van Dyke movies, all the Fred Astaire movies, yeah. um, any movie, classic movie that had dance in it. Um, you know, Gene Kelly, the Nicholas Brothers, uh, Shirley Temple and Bill Bojangles Robinson, um, John Bubbles, any of those movies at an early age, I was watching those movies and I was obsessed with the um, with the stars of those movies, in particular the tap dancers. Um, and what I noticed is that they did everything. <laughs> they, they did everything. They were amazing singers. They were amazing dancers, and they were amazing actors. And then on top of that, they were just amazing, you know, spirits as well. And um, you know, I was like, man, it'd be really cool if I could, in my own way, connect with people um, mm. like that. Um, because the connection with me, with old movies like that, at, you know, like the age of three, you know, it was, it was it was so massive. And I'm like, well, if they could connect with me, and I'm three years old, and I really don't know half of what's going on except for the fact that they're amazing every time they do something. <laughs> And I was like, wow, like, you know, the power of that type of, you know, connection would be super cool if I could harness it and do it in my own way. And so, you know, I just set out to be like those guys and like my mom and, you know, with the, the competitive, you know, athletic nature of my dad. And, you know, I, I kind of let all of those powers combine. And, um, you know, it's what's uh, put me in the position of, you know, being, you know, in Funny Girl on Broadway at the August Wilson Theater as uh, Eddie Ryan. Yeah. So that's, as you mentioned, currently what you're doing. And like you mentioned, I mean, this show, you, you're doing everything. I mean, you're doing all kind of dancing, all different styles of dance, acting, singing, everything. I mean, talk to me about what it's like to like do that on a Broadway stage. Like you've been working your whole life for it. Oh man. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, the very first, um, uh, Broadway show I did was called After Midnight mm -hmm. and um, amazing show uh, directed and choreographed by Warren Carlisle um, and in the show I had one job and that was to come out for the 11 o'clock number so um, I literally didn't do anything the entire show until the <laughs> last number in the show um, I mean it was to the point where like you know my call time was the same as everybody else's but then I would I could like literally go grab a bite to eat right. and then come back <laughs> And then get ready <laughs> to do my number. So like that's how like you know you know singular my performance was in that show. That's awesome. Um, and but in that show, like I said, I didn't you know I didn't I didn't say anything. I just I just danced. Um, and you know I, I'm totally fine just putting on a pair of tap shoes and you know getting in the lab and you know getting my mad scientist on um, in front of audiences every night. Um, but you know also knew that I was working really hard and I had so much uh, more to offer. Um, and so I was just like, all right, cool. Well, you know, baby steps. First Broadway show, mm -hmm. get up there, um, go crazy with the feet. Um, and I'll wait for another opportunity, you know, where I can, you know, actually have dialogue or, or, or sing a tune on the Broadway stage. Um, and then um, a soldier's play came up about three years ago now. Um, and that was a straight play. So it wasn't a musical. Um, right. And the, the subject matter definitely didn't lend itself towards, you know, being a musical at all as well. <laughs> Um, but the wonderful Kenny Leon, who was our director, um, and one of my mentors, um, you know, he was just like, all right, well, I can't have you in the show and not have you, you know, sing a little bit or dance a little bit, you know what I mean? So he's like, I'm gonna figure it out. Wow. And he sure did. He figured it out. Even though I didn't, you know, have on tap shoes in the show. Um, you know, he arced my, my character of uh, private smalls in a way that, you know, private smalls, you know, you know, had a voice and private smalls, um, you know, was a was a dancer, had a, had a, had a step or two in his, in, in his back pocket. Um, not that he was this pronounced tap dancer, but you know, he found a moment to make it work in the show. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, all right. So baby steps, you mm -hmm. know, after the night, 
Broadway debut, you know, tap dancer. Yeah. You know, straight play Broadway debut, soldiers play. Um, getting a little singing in there, getting a little dancing in there, but, you know, really um, the performance was geared towards, um, you know, the craft of acting. Um, being on stage with, you know, Blair Underwood and, and, and David Allen Greer and Jerry O'Connell, just, you know, once again, just kind of like being in a master class, baby steps. And then, um, you know, when the opportunity of Eddie Ryan came along, I felt, you know, because of those two shows and those experiences, I felt more than ready to be able to be like, I'm here. Yeah. I do way more than just one thing. Um, you know, I, I hope, you know, that you trust me or believe in me to give me the opportunity to really let me, you know, maximize, you know, my potential and my, and my, and my, my, my love and dedication towards, you know, being the triple threat, like the guys that I watched in those old films when I grew up, you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm, I'm here and I'm willing and I'm ready. And um, when the role of Eddie Ryan was, was given to me, I was just like, a, you know, like a bat out of hell. I was like, yes, 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 yes. yes. I get to, you know, I get to kind of flex all the, the many different genre muscles that, uh, um, that I love and I'm passionate about. And right. um, yeah, that's that's been my journey, and I'm just I go to I go to work every night, I go to the office every night, I go to the <laughs> every night, and I get to have my my fix in more ways than one with Eddie Ryan, and I'm just super grateful for that opportunity. Totally, and with those emotions of being like, I'm able to do all of these incredible things that I love and what I've always wanted to do on a Broadway stage. What was it also like with the added emotion of you know a soldier's play? You were doing it on Broadway, and then it got shut down during a pandemic, and now you're part of the reopening of Broadway. Oh man, you know, Soldiers Play, we we had a good run. We only um we only had like two shows left or three shows left. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much got through our entire run um before, you know, the COVID lockdown hit. So I felt really content. I felt really good. I, I felt like we didn't get, you know, compromised um sure. because we made it through the run. And then when we shut down, you know, I, I went to North Carolina and um you know, I, I I set up in the garage. I set my boards up in the garage, radio speakers, and I just you know I got back in the lab and I just started working again. Not that I you know I ever stopped working, but you know it kind of was a throwback to the days of when I was in North Carolina, dreaming about being on stage in New York yeah. and how I would do that in my garage. So I went back and did that very thing in the form of making TikTok videos, Instagram <laughs> content, Zoom classes, all that crazy stuff. Right. And, you know, lo and behold, I you know. I get back to New York and, you know, we start filming season three of uh, Manifest. And then, you know, I have a few choreography gigs, um, uh, one which is after choreographing after midnight at yeah. um, Signature Theater in D.C. And then choreographing Tap Dance Kid at the Encores. And immediately after that is when Funny Girl was starting. So as soon as the pandemic, you know, was over to a certain extent in terms of the way we were locked down, like boom, 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 boom. I was back on um, back on the roller coaster, but I felt. You know, I felt like I hadn't missed a beat because I was, you know, I was, I was in the mindset of, you know, evolving and growing, you know, over the two years that, you know, we were locked down. So, um, you know, it feels, it feels, it feels great. It feels great. I, I never really think about time in a way where like, I feel like I'm losing it. Totally. Or I'm wasting it. Like any second of, of any and every day, like I'm always absorbing something that I can use to give to someone else through the arts. Um, and so funny girl is just one of those outlets at this particular point in time in the form of a musical comedy. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm super grateful. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I was just like, yeah, yeah, I could, I could do that. Like, you know, you guys will have me, you know, I'll, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm very equipped for that particular job. 
Um, and I feel like I'm equipped for a lot of jobs, but this was one of the ones where I was just like, oh man, I can have so much fun with this. Yeah. Super, 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 um, grateful. And, um, I'm super blessed. And, uh, you know, this is, this the role and the dream and the, and the show of a lifetime. Um, it's just, I, I, I would say I want to pinch myself. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm in a state, like a dream state, but it's just right. like very much so, you know, has been a reality for me since I was a little kid watching guys like you know, the guys that I watched who were in shows and movies just like Funny Girl. Yeah. And now you're doing all of it. Even like the behind the scenes, you're not only a performer and all of that, but in doing it on Broadway and doing it on Netflix and TV and everything. But you're also doing the behind the scenes, like you mentioned, choreographing and everything. I was interested in asking you ever since I saw Funny Girl, you have this insane, you have a few actually moments where you like just stand at center stage and you just start going and you're tapping away and like you're just like dancing like it's insane but like with your choreography background you know do you improvise that stuff is that stuff improvised or is that like is there something set and you kind of do your own little things with some flair or whatever like how does that work um there's um there's there's moments of improvisation um but the wonderful choreographer Ayadeli Cassell who I've been working with since I was 14 years old um actually um, she choreographed uh, my solo moment, uh, which is Ed, which is called Eddie's Tap. Okay. She rearranged, she rearranged it, she reorchestrated it. Um, wow. They came up with a whole different concept from what it originally was, and she choreographed that thing down to a T, um, based on all of the great performers that I spoke about before that I had watched. Yeah, um, uh, her her craft of choreography and her her mindset when it comes to developing choreography is, you know, even ever since I was fourteen years old, I was just like. I mean, it's the mastery of it is is out of this world. Um, so, you know, one of the first things, you know, I said to her um, when we got into rehearsals, one of the first things she said to me, she was like, well, how do you see, you know, Eddie, what do you see him doing? Um, you know, how do you see his moments? And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I, I see it the way you see it. Mm. Um, I fully trusted her. Um, you know, I was, I've always been down for her vision when it comes to anything, music um, and, and tap dance. And um you know, she started laying those steps out there, and I was just like, "Let's get it!" Yeah. I was like, "Yo!" I was like, "She was playing no games." Um, and so, you know, within her choreography, um, you know, the the journey is trying to figure out, you know, you know who Eddie is with those steps, because obviously, mm-hmm. once you know, choreographer, you know, lays those steps down, then you you have to navigate, you know, your life and and the spirit of the character into into those steps and so you know we were just working on that and just evolving with the choreography that she was laying out and um yeah it's 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 a dream come true to be on stage and and actually working with one of my first mentors who you know has a lot to do with the way i dance you know when i'm doing my own stuff these days i mean i wouldn't even be kind of doing some of the craziness that i was doing if i wasn't in her classes from the age of 14 to like you know 14 to like 17, 18, um, because she was just one of the first beacons of, you know, of, 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 of light when it comes to what it is to be a, a young professional. And she was a superstar. She still is a superstar, but at that time she was a budding superstar in the tap world that I was taking her classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just, that was, she was like, man, like I was just like her, like, you know what I mean? I would drive to New York just to take her classes. Wow. Just to take her classes, like 10 hour drive just to take her <laughs> classes. So you can imagine how, you know, you know, I trusted her, you know, with, um, you know, her vision and stuff like that for, um, 
anything Eddie Tap in the show. And then, you know, like tap dancers do, she was like, all right, well, okay, cool. These these couple bars here, I'm just let you do what you want. There you, go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she's just like, she just, she finds, she finds a way to, you know, um, give you the organization that um, you need out there on stage to feel really comfortable in your character's skin. And then she always finds a way to allow your character to, um, to, you know, from that organization, reach out and create and find some things that they might not have found on a Tuesday show on Wednesday. And then find some things that they might not have found on Wednesday in Thursday's show. So, um, you know, she's, she's one of the greatest tap dancers of all time and, um, super honored to, to be in a room with her and to be a part of her vision. Yeah, it's so interesting too cuz like when I saw Funny Girl it's like, you know, you you have a giant crush on Fanny Bryce, you know, like and and there's just there's there's just no chance there. Uh or it doesn't end up happening <laughs> at least. So then like but it's cool because your character Eddie, like he never it's it continues the drive continues and it, it's never like a give up moment and it seems like every time you think he's going to give up he he goes to this outlet of dancing and i think that that is one of the like coolest kind of hidden because it's not like it's just like blurted out that that's his outlet or something like that but like it can be taken in that way and i thought that was such a beautiful thing about your character and your character development in the show and i just thought the way that you all did it was just brilliant thank you so much yeah that was you know finding eddie yes. um outside of the dance was was one of those things that i knew was going to be um, not a, like a, not an easy challenge, um, just because, you know, Eddie and this particular version of the show is African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a black character, you know, in the early 1900s is going to feel differently. He's going to say things differently. He's going to, it's going to be a different experience, um, based on the relationships to the other characters in the show and in the relationship to, you know, Eddie in the world of what funny girl is. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, that I was, you know, paying homage to, you know, a lot of those guys that I, that I mentioned earlier, because I like to think that Eddie at that time was the foundation to what a lot of those guys would be over the next, you know, generation and generation and generation of tap dancers that would lead up to who I am today, which has given me so many opportunities because of the sacrifices that they made in the early 1900s um, in the entertainment industry. Um, and so I knew that that was something I wanted to be, you know, a cornerstone for Eddie for sure. And then also, you know, I wanted Eddie not to be, um, an imitation of what I thought he was going to be like in the 1900s. I really wanted to, um, find his truth, um, and find, uh, you know, his pocket, you know, as this musician say, uh, as an actor, um, and then as a character and as a human being in the space of funny girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I did. There were some days where I was I was close, but I wasn't quite there, and I didn't really feel super great about it. And there were other days where I was like, you know, I was gaining ground, but then you know, it seemed like every time I gained ground, then maybe I, you know, I got to a, another scene, and I was like, all right, cool, I got to rework that or figure that out, or how does he feel? Um, and you know, I, I feel like the day that I really found it, um, you know, I made some really strong choices um, with the material, and uh, Harvey uh, came up to me and pulled me to the side. Um, Harvey Firestein, um, uh, the legendary Harvey Firestein. Yeah, <laughs> casually throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, that's it. He was like, you got it. He was like, we found out something today. And he was like, Eddie's a real person. And I was like, there it is. And then once he said, once he said that, it just, 
the floodgates opened up for me and I, I feel like I entered a place where, you know, I'd found his truth so much to the point where I like, you know, I could, I could make no wrong decisions or no wrong choices. Every choice, you know, that he would make from that point on of me hearing that was because of something affecting him in the world of Fanny Bryce or Rosie Bryce or, or, or Nick Arnstein or the chorus girls, um, or, or Keeney or, you know, Stray Kosh or, or Miss Meeker, um, <laughs> or, or Ziegfeld. Um, you know, there, he was always from that point on, he, he always had reason, mm-hmm. um, bigger than just being, um, a choreographer in a show. Totally. Or bigger than just being even a best friend to Fanny Bryce. Um, and once I figured that out, I was able to be that best friend to Fanny Bryce, that Aww. best friend um, and, and and young grasshopper to Rosie Bryce, <laughs> you, know, you know, worthy adversary to, to Nick Arnstein. You know, I was able to kind of really, you know, truthfully step into the, the, the arc of what he meant to everybody in that world and even what he didn't mean to everybody in that world. Um, and so... All of those layers and, and all of those um, those colors um, of Eddie it, is why I really felt like, you know, oh, man, okay, now I can really love Fanny Bryce, um, you know, as a friend, and I can really feel like I can go to war for her. I'm a, I'm a ride or die. I really feel like it's not just about having a crush on her, mm-hmm. um, a comedic crush on her in a musical comedy just to be the, the other guy. Sure. You know, it's, it's more about being there for somebody. Um, in a world where, you know, that's, it's hard to find, you know, people who are genuinely there for you, uh, through thick or thin, whenever you're messing up, whenever you're failing, whenever you're succeeding, um, it's, it's very hard to find that. And once Eddie realizes that, you know, you know, it's not a situation where, you know, him or Fanny are going to be anything more than, um, friends, then boom, instantly he was like, you know what, that's, that's okay because you're a wonderful person and, you know, I'll do what it takes to, to, you know, be wonderful right back at you, um, because you are that wonderful person to, uh, to Eddie. So, um, yeah, you know, it was, it, 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 it's, it's fun. And I find something new every night, um, with the character and, uh, you know, it's been a journey and, uh, you know, I, I can, you know, humbly say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm so proud to be Eddie Ryan in this show. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so, it's so interesting to like talk to the performers and just pick their brain about how, you know, they made something on paper into a real life person and a real performance and everything like that. Like, it's so fascinating and all that incredible work that you did. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus earned you your tony nomination 
And like, I want to, I want to ask you about what that was like yesterday. I mean, the nominations we're talking the day after the nominations came out. Um, so what was yesterday like for you? Just tell me about all the emotions and how great it feels to be recognized for all the incredible work that you've been putting in. Oh man, I was, it was crazy. I, I, I mean, I'm super humble. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's just, I'm, I'm one of those people that I try not to get too high about anything. I try not to get too low about anything. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in you know, life it throws you so many curveballs, and once you start to throw expectations on a pitch, you just you just you know, whenever you strike out, it just hurts that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just always you know stay even keel with with a lot of things in life. And um, you know, yesterday I had like I, I wasn't even up to speed that nominations <laughs> were coming out yesterday. Like no I, way, I, I was sleep. Um, I wow. I was I was I was watching like Ozark the night before, and I was you know, I was I was like I went to sleep. I actually um, wifey had a uh, uh, she did her first straight play. She made her debut, so we went out to see that, and then um, so we were out a little bit late, and like I said, I, we came back and then we Ozarked, and then um, I went to sleep, got up, and my phone was going crazy, and I was just like, I was like, all right, so you know, at first the first in, like instinct is like, all right, cool, well. If my phone is going crazy, that means I missed something. That means right. I'm somewhere. That means that means we have a matinee today that I didn't know about. Something. Oh my god! I was like, something is going on. I was like, okay, so let me just try to figure out what the apology is going to be on. Be like, real quick. And so I saw that my agent, and you know, she called me like 18 times, oh um, and um, you know, I, I answered the phone, and she was just like, "Congrats!" And I was like, "For what?" And she was like, "You, you got nominated." I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, I was like, that was that was crazy." Um, and I was like, I was asleep, my bad. I didn't, I didn't get the call. And she was just like, congrats. And I was just, I was, I was processing it. And I was right. just like, I was like, I got a dentist appointment at 12. Like, right. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to figure out like how not to let the dentist ruin my day by telling me, you know, I got something going on. And, you know, luckily I was, I was all good. Um, the flossing is, wow. is on point. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I was just like, oh man, I, I got the dentist appointment at 12 and I, I got a two hour massage coming up after that. I was just like, it was supposed to be like a regular Monday. Um, sure. last I heard, like, you know, they had pushed everything back and I didn't know they shifted stuff back and shifted. So I didn't know exactly when stuff was happening. Um, so then I was just cloud nine all day yesterday yeah. and I'm still on cloud. I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever come down from that, but, um, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm just, gobsmacked i was just like i'm i appreciate it so much um you know you know as we just talked about before you know you know i'm I'm honored to be in a show like this with such you know great you know great performers and amazing performers and you know beanie felstein and jane lynch and ramin karam lu and the entire cast and creative of a funny girl it's just like they give me joy every single day like i show up to work and you know i just i have so much fun with everybody um and it just, there's just so much love that goes around the cast. Everybody's super, super duper talented. And um, I, I, I show up to work and I'm excited about that synergy. And that's why I go out on stage and I, you know, I beam bright with joy because, you know, backstage and offstage and in the dressing rooms, there's just so much positive energy. There's just so wow. much love. And, um, you know, that's one of the first things I thought about, you know, after I got the nomination was just like, man, it's just you just don't. You just don't, things like that just don't happen if the joy circles around you aren't, you know, <laughs> aren't on point. Right. And, um, you know, just even even on stage and scenes where none of us are talking and we're just making eye contact, there's just, it's just so much love. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the Tony nomination is something that, you know, like I said, I, I wasn't, you know, prepared for. Um, but, you know, w- you know, when I got word of it, I was just trying to process it and, and make sense of it and, and, and figure out immediately how to, to, to keep working and how to, to, to stay ready and how to, you know, keep reaching and keep getting better in the crafts that, uh, you know, I'm super passionate about it. You know, as soon as I got the nomination, it made me want to work harder. You know, wow, yeah. there's so much more to do in this world. There's so many things. There's so many more dreams to to kind of make a reality that it just it it, it just added another battery pack in my back. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm eager to to continue at a at even more of an alarming rate to make people proud um, of the things that I'm trying to accomplish. To to the way I push myself in, in the arts and in just to the way that I that I love those. Um, who are around me, who support me. And even to the people that don't support me, I have nothing but love for them as well. Um, even the people that don't even know who I am, you know, I have nothing but love for, you know, for them as well. And, you know, I just really seek connection and connection with people, you know, on a way that, you know, really you, you can't give an award for, um, totally. or you really can't even, you know, you can't judge or you can't have an opinion about, um, you know, I go out there every day on stage and I smile at people and I, and I, and I dance with my gifts and my blessings, um, because I, I truthfully want them to, to heal in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that's been my number one thing, you know, ever since, you know, I, I I realized that I was going to be a performer. It's like, I got to start to give, you know, everything is about giving. Um, and the moment I stopped giving, then, you know, I stopped breathing. You can mm. think about it like that in that way. So, um, you know, um, yeah, that's that's kind of like the headspace that I'm in right now. That's the cloud nine that I'm yeah. living on right now after the nomination. And, um, you know, I'm just ready to get back in the lab and, and do something I haven't done before. So, uh, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Right. <laughs> Your thought process is just so inspiring and so, like, motivating. It's, like, it's incredible to just hear the way you're thinking about everything and just taking it all in. It's Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so Huge much. Props to you. For sure. Um, one thing that I wanted to just comment on really quickly, I was thrilled to see like throughout the whole like Tony nominations was the di- diversity in this Tony season. And I feel like now more than ever, there's just been incredible diversity here on Broadway and proving that, you know, we everyone, every performer, every artist has a story to tell. And it's one that's capable of impacting others. And so like, I'm just now that we're talking about Tony's, I just wanted to say that real quick. And I, I just think it's so cool that we can finally be at a place. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do, but at least it's it's somewhere that it's moving forward and progressing in some shape or form. And for you to be at the be a part of that is just really cool. For sure. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we, we, we got we got work to do. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, just let the craft speak for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, let the craft speak for itself. And, and, and. When that happens, you, you can you can do no wrong. When that happens, the, the palette is diverse. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You get good things when you when you when you when you walk and you and you believe in truth. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I I wholeheartedly believe that you know that's why you know the 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 picture has been painted the way it's been painted this year around because of everybody's efforts to to be better and to open their minds a little bit more and to you know be a little bit. Uh, more truthful about the way they perceive, you know, uh, people's struggles, their efforts, their quest for perfection, um, and their dedication to, you know, to the arts. So, you know, we, like I said, we have a lot of work to do, but you know, baby steps, man. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so I do want to talk about some other things about your career. Um, You know, you mentioned you were in a soldier's play and everything, which is like completely different to like funny girl and something like that. You know, Um, I just wanted to ask like, you know, I mean, that proves kind of like what you can do and like how diverse and versatile of an actor and performer that you are. Like, I just wanted to ask you about being in a play on Broadway and kind of the differences of being in a, a play versus a musical on Broadway. Oh man, you know, it's funny because like if there's something that is in my mind or what somebody else might perceive as being outside of my comfort zone um, mm-hmm. or the norm for me, like I like, like I thrive in that stuff. Like I thrive right. in, in, in like, I'll, I'll just say like cross training, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how can, you know, my, my, um, my my blessings and my gift for what I do in musical theater. How can that help me in the straight play world, and then vice versa? How can you know my 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 strengths in in acting in a straight play environment? How can that help me in you know um, in musical theater? Um, and yeah. I, you know I'm, I'm big on defying you know what may be perceived as an obstacle or as a dead end or as as, as a challenge. Like I love I thrive in that kind of that kind of atmosphere. Like um, you know if I almost created in my mind in order to conquer it. So like the same way, you know, a a sports figure might create certain, you know, scenarios or certain narratives in their mind to go out and score a billion points on somebody is the same way in the same approach that I take to, you know, you know, the arts is like, all right, cool. Well, okay. Well, what are we doing today? Okay. It's not good enough just to be good enough. Like how can I conquer it? How can I devour it? How can I, you know, make people forget that I, that I'm a tap dancer, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm doing a straight play and then vice versa. How can I make people forget that, you know, I did a straight play when I'm in a musical, you know, right. when I'm in a musical comedy or how can I make people forget that I'm Adrian Shannon on Netflix's manifest when I'm Eddie right. Ryan? Um, you know, I, I, I really like to immerse myself into, into, you know, the craft of the job that I'm doing in the moment. Um, like to the point where I want people to get lost with me. Um, and you know, a lot of that just it, it, like a lot of that just has to do with just my my maniacal obsession with how far and how deep and how much I can surrender to that particular character or that particular project um, in that particular moment. And um, you know, I have no I have no problem exposing you know my heart and surrendering you know surrendering completely and wholeheartedly to you know having an opportunity to give something to somebody. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, if I need to be, you know, if I need to expose myself, if I need to, you know, take off my, my coats of armor in order to do that, like I can do that in the blink of an eye in order to, you know, really connect. So, um, you know, that's for me, that's, we can call it a game, you know, we can call it, we can call it just, you know, an obsession. We can call it, you know, a challenge, um, whatever it is, like I, I thrive in it and um, I actually need it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's what makes me tick. It's what makes me, you know, wake up in the morning and go. It's what makes me, um, and what it's what makes me, me, um, at the end of the day. Um, so if I was just doing one thing, you know, for my entire life, like I wouldn't be able to, you know, operate like I, like I operate. Like I'm one of those people that like when I was studying for a test or when I'm reading (laughs) books, I have like six different things going on. That's the only way I can focus, you know? if it's completely quiet when I'm reading a book, like I can't concentrate, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I need Eddie happening. I need, 
Adrian right. Shannon happening. I need, you know, Private Smalls happening from, you know, a soldier's play. I need all of those things to be happening um, in order to, you know, in order to, you know, full speed ahead, um, gain ground um, and all the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so fascinating to think about. Like, it's so true, though. Like, I feel like all performers are that way, where they need, like, constant stimulation, you know? Like, there's, they need to be... Do- it, so much of what we do is multitasking. And so, like, we need that in our personal world because, like, our personal world basically is performing, you know? Like, so it's just, like, it's craziness. But, yeah, so it's so true. Um, I want to ask, from a choreographer's perspective... Um, how that kind of helps you as a actor and a singer and like learning about the movement of just even like, you know, you're dancing and everything, but even just like a subtle movement of like picking your hand up or shrugging or something like that. Like, how does that help you like perform both in a musical? And then of course on Netflix's manifest, you know, and you're just like trying to like body language is everything and all of that. It tells so many stories. Uh, It's timing, rhythm. Really, um, all that stuff. Um, I, I when the first, I mean, the first and only thing I can think of when it comes to that stuff is timing and rhythm. Um, and once you're in rhythm, once you're in flow, once your timing feels like it's, you know, you're 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 locked into it, um, then you can just immerse yourself in a character or in a task or in a stage direction or in mm-hmm. a note from a director. Um, you know, mus- music is you know i'm a musician first right uh, of all things and what i figured out is how to learn a song immediately mm-hmm. so i it's almost like i hear in song so a note that a director gives me okay i know that tune you know what i mean wow. or this monologue that I ha- that i have okay i have the tune down so well that i c- it could be these it could be a million different things. It could be an infinite amount of things based on how much I surrender to it in the moment. Um, or when it comes to just moving to my mark, you know, on, on camera, it's just like, all right, cool. Um, I don't have to literally know where the mark is to be able to hit it because I know what the music of that action is based off of what the tune of my lines are Unreal. in that particular moment. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's very, I take a very musical and a rhythmical approach to a lot of things that have nothing to do with music or rhythm. <laughs> so, um, and that's how, you know, I kind of gain advantages from, you know, being a dancer and being a choreographer, um, you know, on stage. Um, and, you know, when it comes to coming up with choreography, um, creating stories with movement and, and, and physically, yeah. um, you know, I used to watch a lot of cartoons and I used to watch a lot of, um, I mean, uh, like National Geographic and Discovery Channel and stuff. Like, I was constantly enamored by the way cartoons move and by the way animals move and stuff like that. Um, and you know what I picked up on is like they they never move or do anything without an intention. Mm. Um, and they always had intentions to what they were doing. It was always you know you're moving to you know be safe or to protect you know the pack or to hunt or to rest or to sleep or, you know, that everything had a specific reason. Nothing was because it just wanted to do it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same thing with like a cartoon, like a cartoon, like it's constantly telling that story totally. because cartoons are not that long anyway. So that the story has to be, everything is detailed. Everything is very specific. Everything has an intention. Um, 
And so like, you know, like I'm very detail oriented. I'm very, you know, big on specifics and, um, why I'm doing things. And, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff helps me out as well as a choreographer who is also an actor, who's also, you mm-hmm. know, a singer and a dancer, um, performer and, you know, and a, and a, a budding director as well too. Um, you know, it's just the, the specificity of your intentions, um, thought out through movement, um, and action and dance and reason and, um, love and in failure. Um, all those things, uh, I can kind of stir up in a pot to make me achieve a certain goal. Um, so yeah, as a choreographer, that's what kind of helps. Um, (laughs) that's what kind of helps me with, um, things that have nothing to do with choreography. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating, like everything that you've been doing with choreography lately. I mean, you've been doing, you've been choreographing a lot of stuff. Um, Like recently, the tap dance kid at City Center, you mentioned. Um, I just want to ask you actually about that show in particular, because like, in a way, you are like a tap dance kid. Like, that's kind of you, you know, (laughs) like, right. So like, what did that show mean to you? And like, how, I mean, I guess, I don't want to say like how easy did that kind of come to you, but like, in I, I don't know, like for lack of a better term, like how easy did the movement and the, the way that you were able to tell that story come to you? Oh man, I'm tap dance. Tap kid is like one of those, it's like shows that like as a kid, you're just like, if I ever got a chance to choreograph that, I would do that in my way. Yeah. Um, and tap dance kid is one of those shows that I've been thinking about since, you know, forever. That I was like, man, if I get my hands on that one, I have some cool ideas. Really? Um, and it's funny because I, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I guess I am a tap dance kid. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've always been a tap dance kid to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, I mean, that show was, I didn't, you know, it's not like I had everything planned out years in advance because I wanted to do the show, but I just always knew what type of approach I would take to the movement with that show. Um, and you know, I've seen clips of the the original and stuff like that. Um, love what they did with it back then. Um, so my approach to that show, you know, had nothing to do with the original at all. <laughs> I'm one of those people so I'll do the exact opposite. Just to prove the point. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so that's what we did. You know, I just did my own my own take on it. Um, storytelling through 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 tap is something that, you know, people in the theater world aren't as familiar with um, because typically tap is just used to come on and just be like a showstopper. But um, you know, with a show that had is significantly based around tap, there were many opportunities to kind of create stories create pictures yeah. on the stage and actually dive into the staging of tap, which I'm really big on. Um, uh, especially seeing the, the big MGM movies and how they would stage tap numbers and stuff like that. Like I was always, I was always studying those movies for more reasons than just the star tap dancer, but just how people move behind him or her um, always fascinated me. So, um, you know, the pictures, the lines, the, the balance of the stage, how to shape things around the main character, um, how to get with the director and have him want you to tell this story um, that he just pretty much gives you the reins to telling um, and doing that through tap um, and movement as well, too. Like all those things were things that I, I was fully ready and capable of. And, um, you know, I've been, oh, it was my first choreography job was for Cirque du Soleil in like 2000. Well, something like that, 11. And I learned a lot from that job. And um, immediately after that, um, in terms of choreography, I I started really learning the ropes um, when I started choreographing musicals at the Signature Theater in D.C. um, with Matt Gardner and Joe Calarco. Um, And 
that was the first time that I really was like, all right, cool. Like I know I I know I can come up with some pretty sick and insane <laughs> like routines and stuff like yeah. that. I got with them and they really schooled me on, okay, I know you can do that. Um, right. but how can we do that and tell the story and push the plot? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I, I mean, that's when I really feel like as a choreographer, uh, you know, I took off and, you know, it, it didn't become about just steps mm-hmm. on the stage and cool ideas. It just became like, I was able to feel comfortable, um, sacrificing the step and the cool idea for the story, but still knocking it out the park. So you could think of it as like, all right, well, I can go up and do like a crazy windmill 360 dump. <laughs> Right, right. We'll give you two points. Yeah, or I can get a layup, mm-hmm. which is still two points. It's not as flashy as you know as the dunk, but I can get a layup, and a layup conserves more energy than doing a three sixty dunk too, as well. So, like, just to understand that I could approach choreography from a perspective of where you know less is more in order mm-hmm. to tell the story or push the plot in certain instances. Like, I felt like I was super, super duper ready to um, choreograph anything at that point, movies, TV, you know, musicals, um, whatever. Um, yeah. and, uh, so I have a lot of, lot of, a lot of um, uh, love and, and thankfulness and gratefulness to give towards the Signature Theater for kind of taking me on for all those projects that they allowed me to choreograph because, you know, that's what really kind of pushed me to the next step. And like, you know, Tap Dance Kid, I was like, you know, that stuff is easy. And we did that, <laughs> in, we did that in like 10 days too. So I was just like, yeah. oh, what? You want me to do this whole thing in an hour? I got you. Like, I got you. <laughs> like this, awesome. so ready. I was just like, I knew the story so well. I, I knew right. exactly, you know, what I wanted to say. Uh, Kenny Leon, the director, me and him have worked together before. He's a mentor of mine. So as soon as he says something, I know how to bring it to life. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm just very in tune with movement and storytelling um, and just movement in general from my perspective when it comes to, you know, really bringing um, to life the reason for the show or the reason for the character or the reason for the script or the message for the show. I'm really, really, really good now at, you know, bringing that off of the stage and into people's hearts and into their, their consciousness when it comes to, you know, seeing my work in a, in a musical or just on any platform. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I could literally pick your brain all day. Everything that you're saying, I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know. If I'm crazy. Don't mess with me. I'm crazy. I'm mesmerized <laughs> right now. This is nuts. Just My dad so- would be like, Jared, you ain't got no sense. Don't be acting like you got. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> My dad would be like, go out there and cut the grass. Shut up and no. go cut the grass. <laughs> oh my god! No way. This is. It's just like you're like a book. I feel like I'm reading a book right now. Like oh, honestly, oh, I appreciate it's you. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just everything that you have to say, and not even like your little insights and everything, but just the way that you think about it and the way that you approach these things, it's just absolutely unlike anything. I mean, I've done 103 of these and I, unlike anything I've heard on this yet, like, Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, truly. It's awesome. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your time. And I, I think that this has been absolutely incredible. So I just want to say thank you for for spending your Tuesday morning with me. I know you have a show tonight and everything. Like, I just want to say thanks for thanks for doing this. I had a great time and I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much, man. Uh, happy Tuesday. And I hope yeah. you do this again for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Let's take about Jared Grimes. Just 
unreal stuff, unreal perspectives on on theater and how he approaches his work, um, how he's able to take things and just bring it to life and, and through rhythm and, and, and music. It's just it's so cool. It's so fascinating to talk to this guy. Um, hopefully that you were able to learn it and be like, oh yeah, like I can see myself doing that. Or maybe I should try that if you're trying to figure out things to see what works for you. Um, it's just an unreal episode. So glad we got him at this time. It was a perfect time. I actually scheduled him before he was even nominated for, for a Tony award. So just unreal timing. And now life is crazy for him right now. So, uh, thank you again for Jared for coming on and spending your time with me. It was great to meet you and talk to you. Um, just a blast. And I hope uh, I know that I learned a lot. So I have a good feeling that you all listening, uh, were able to take at least something away from that. I know there was we talked a lot about, uh, we talked about a lot of things. um, And we talked about, you know, Broadway and Funny Girl and Tony nominations and all the things. So uh, hopefully you were able to take things away from it. Hopefully you were able to enjoy it all the things. Um, It was a great chat. And uh, yeah, that being said, I appreciate you all listening to this week's episode of Take About. I hope to see you all next week as we will have more of a normal episode uh, as we'll talk about some Broadway news. Uh, (laughs) There's just so much going on this week. And all of you who are on theater Twitter know exactly what I mean. From Patti Lapone to Jesse Williams to to everything. Oh, my goodness. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I need to say there for this week. And (laughs) It's been never a dull moment uh, in the theater when you have a live show, a live audience, and put all of these characters on a stage together. So uh, once again, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Thank you for making it all the way to the end. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And please come back next week as we will be joined by another fabulous guest who's been on Broadway. Thank you all so much and have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.